guys welcome back to vibing in valentino so this week i am actually getting lasik surgery and so i don't have a weekly weakness for you guys i just have been preparing for my surgery on wednesday um been wearing glasses all week and so yeah it's, it's just been a ride so Next week's solo episode will be all about LASIK surgery and I guess my recovery because we are due for a solo episode next week where you just chat. But before we get into our conversation with our guest this week, I just want to remind you that you can purchase my eight-week workout program, Vibing Strong. You guys can purchase my goodie bag workout set. It comes with heavy booty bands and a pair of core sliders all in a cute pink mesh bag that you can just throw all your gym stuff, car keys, whatever in there. You can also book a one hour consult with me. We can talk about anything you want for an hour or you can just drop a line and say hi. You can do that at my website, vibinginvalentino.com. Okay, let's get right into our conversation this week. Our guest this week is a YouTuber and someone I like to think of as the femininity and attraction expert. Karina Lude, welcome to Vibing in Valentino. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Have you done a podcast before? Is this your first time? My first time. Oh my <laughs> God. Well, I am I so honored. Right now. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. You're, you're fine. You sound amazing. It'll be good. <laughs> Okay. So, tell us about yourself, a little background info. I regularly said expert. I'm like <laughs> blushing a little, but um, I know. <laughs> I just, you know, recently just started my feminine journey, like in college. Um, I wasn't raised with my mother. Like, she passed really young. So, it was just my dad and uh, all my uncles mm -hmm. and um, my one aunt and sister. But my aunt is, like, close to age. She's like 34, so it it wasn't really, like she couldn't really be like a mother figure. So there was right. a lot I didn't learn um, growing up because I was getting it in such a masculine um, way. So I just started researching myself about, you know, different things from even the smallest thing, like how to wear a pad properly yeah. <laughs> and things like yeah. that. And then it set me off to this journey. And um, even with makeup and everything, I started later in life mm -hmm. when I got into college, really being interested in those things. So to now for women to like, you know, look up to me for advice is really crazy to me. But it was just a journey to start just teaching basically things I've learned um, just by research and experience and things like that on my journey. Was there something that like triggered you to really look into the area of femininity? Specifically femininity when it comes to how you talk about it now. Like was there a situation well, where that triggered that for you where you wanted to do it? Yes. Um, I was in a relationship like around like in high school and then we broke up my freshman year in college mm -hmm. and it was basically me trying to understand why instead of you know blaming the person and right. because he was actually like most people wouldn't say that about their ex but we're still 
friends, like good friends now, but he was actually a really good guy. And I just wanted to know what it was. And then, you know, with further explanation, I had a lot of like masculine tendencies about me. I was very bossy. I was very like domineering in a sense. Mm -hmm. I can say that about myself. Even my friends know there was no like feminine nature Mm -hmm. in me. Like it wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't like the soft person and I was always like starting up um, arguments and things like that with him for no reason basically and um, when I took ownership of that and then I even got because I have really good friends around me I even got them to give me feedback and I didn't take it like criticism Mm -hmm. I just took it like okay there's a lot you could learn then I really just I don't even know how I fell into that genre in YouTube, but there was just, I guess, just like everything was aligned that way that Mm -hmm. I started seeing more of like the elegant training, like charm school um, type of video for women. And then it just went into this rabbit hole of women that I saw their platforms were so small and like it wasn't yet a big niche on YouTube, yeah. but the messages were so gold. And then I went on into just digging more and going online. And then when I started practicing some of these tips, I noticed the difference in myself and my friends did too. So it's kind of like, um, I know it sucks to say a relationship got you there, but it was very much needed. And that's why in many of my videos, I always tell women, don't be just so quick to dismiss whatever you know criticism you're getting from your partner always try to look within first to see is there truth to it and what can i change because it can set you on this course to where instead of always blaming blaming you take accountability for your damages and things that you could work on and then you'll just see how it just transforms your overall look on your own femininity we're gonna get into femininity in a second but i do want to know because I think a lot of my listeners are interested in starting their own YouTube channel. How did mm-hmm. you start your YouTube career? And what was it like for you, like, that feeling when you first hit post or publish on your first video? Like, were you nervous or how did you handle it all? Well, when I first started my YouTube channel, I didn't tell anybody about it. <laughs> <laughs> Not, like, one family member, nothing. I didn't post it on Facebook or anything like that because I was so scared of, you know, people looking at me like, why? Because, you know, I'm surrounded by people who all have like careers and I don't think they saw YouTube as a career like I was seeing it. But um, I wanted to start basically when I started was more health related videos like, um, you know, because I just was diagnosed with IBS at the time and I was looking up remedies and sharing with people. So I kind of just kept it private. And then I think when I hit my first thousand, which was like a whole year later, yeah, <laughs> I reached my first thousand. Then I started posting on my social medias and um, letting everyone know. But that first experience of posting the first video, like those first videos are not up there now because I was so overcritical of myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very nerve wracking. Like, you're thinking, who's going to see it? Yeah. What are they going to think? The comments, like, it's nerve wracking. But the one thing I wish I did not do, and my advice would be to anyone who wants to start a YouTube channel, is just not care um, yeah. about other people's opinions. Just go ahead and do it. Um, because I am learning that 
those same people really you're always going to have people that don't support it but then once they start seeing you know your platform growing and you're making income from it those same people have no choice but to jump on board and respect what you do so it's really pointless to be so timid um, because of those who's around you and I would say if you want to start just to build your confidence and maybe create another page like I created another Instagram page and made other followers and I shared with them before I shared with my like immediate circle and things like that if that's gonna make you build your confidence more like don't feel like it's um corny to do that right like do whatever you have to do to start yeah that would be my advice yeah yeah I think that's wonderful advice but also Mm -hmm. so many of us care like and I and I felt the same way too putting out my podcast you Mm -hmm. have that mindset of like um imposter syndrome where you're kind of like Mm -hmm. like who am I to be telling people so so and so but it's like everybody Mm -hmm. is good enough to do what they want to do if they are willing to do it Mm-hmm. you know that so is true it's like just just start and that was like one of my main pieces of advice when I did an episode about like what I learned throughout this whole podcast journey was just like to fucking start mm-hmm. yeah so okay to get into your area of expertise how do mm-hmm. you define femininity I define femininity as different for every woman and um, there's not one set you know role or look for femininity and it's something that's naturally in all women but Mm -hmm. some women um have the choice to not choose to exercise their femininity there are some women that naturally just want to um develop more of their masculine you know energy and that's fine too like i always tell people like not everybody wants to be feminine and it's okay but i never have like a set definition for femininity where it's oh it's a woman who dresses with you know dresses only and who talks a certain way because especially I've been educated like I've educated myself a lot by breaking down different women Mm -hmm. um, and knowing that they all have like that feminine energy but they're also different and they have like a different appeal to different people so over time i've been really understanding that femininity has different meanings okay and it all depends on the woman okay so would you say it's more of like a softness around it because how you defined it sounds a little bit like law of attraction yeah um honestly the first book i read and i read this in ninth grade (laughs) but i didn't care much for what i was reading um the Law of Attraction and 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Mm-hmm. And two, like, that's two, like one of my favorite books ever. Yes, mm-hmm. ever. And I, I've been reading it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Because every time I read it, it has no meaning now. But yeah. um, to me, I think it's the femininity Bible, although a lot of men read the book. But if you're a woman wow. and you really... No, I'm saying a lot of men read the book, but it's like a... It should be a Bible for feminine women that... You literally read over and over again because the more you read something or you say it out loud, you naturally will exude it without even knowing when you change. Like, I now know when I'm being manipulated. And unfortunately, one of the things that come with it is you know how to manipulate as well. And I think femininity has that, like, I don't want to say it's a dark side, um, 
but it's the side like most women are ashamed to say but it's the essence of being a woman Mm -hmm. is knowing how to get what you want you know and knowing how to get what you want sometimes may involve a little playful or innocent manipulation like you know if a girl wants something they soften their voice that's what we teach on my channel like you soften your voice you bat your eyelashes and all those things all of those are things you could learn from these books as well and i know it's similar to attraction but feminine energy to me everything that is attractive that attracts has feminine energy to me that's that's just how i see it because feminine energy is just uh, an attractive force like you just know it when you see it Mm -hmm. i know it sounds very similar but i would say to answer your question that yes it does have a softness to it and but also it has a strength like you'll find feminine women that have a strength to them as well so it's like it's undefinable. I'm going to just leave it as yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So the feminine energy is the attracting, attractive mm-hmm. energy, whereas the masculine energy is the pursuing energy. So it's, yes. if you're attracting, you're attracting something to you. The masculine yes. is the one coming to you, being attracted to you. Yes, that's perfect. Okay. Yes. Like a magnet, mm-hmm. like a magnet. Think yes, because like men... Men naturally, even in animal nature, the male species is always the one pursuing, you know. Um, So it's like females are usually, like you said, it's like the perfect analogy. We attract and they pursue. We're the magnets. So the law of attraction is a feminine law to me. Mm -hmm. It it has a lot of feminine energy. And I I just feel like they go hand in hand. Like if you don't learn the law of attraction... I don't think your feminine journey will be as elevated as it could be. Right. I, I agree yeah. with that, too, because a lot of things in law of attraction is about allowing yourself to receive, mm-hmm. but also not pursuing it so heavily that you're accidentally blocking your blessings. And I think yes. that's kind of like the idea behind femininity as well. If you can cultivate exactly. that into yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So Spot on. What feminine traits can some of us start to cultivate in ourselves first you have to learn how to receive um just like you said Mm -hmm. and i know the first sign of an independent woman is that they like to give themselves yeah they don't want to receive they feel like a burden they feel like they have to be this you know um which was how i was in my relationship i didn't know how to receive so I say that's the first thing, not just receive from a man, but receive from God, you know, receive from your friends, receive from others. Just have that not damsel in distress, but being able to receive means you have to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and you have to cultivate your vulnerability and accept it and not shy away from it or make it like a negative to be vulnerable to be soft um even from your friends whether male or female it's okay to receive and say thank you and i'm not saying receive all the time you can give too but you have to really be okay with receiving receiving compliments receiving good news not just gifts but like a vacation you give yourself or someone give you, like receive the how it makes you feel. Don't shy away from it. Don't feel guilty. Because I see one thing with a lot of my subscribers, they always message me like, I want to, you know, get my hair done more or 
um, go shopping, take care of myself more. But I always feel guilty because there's so much. It's like, no, you got to remove the guilt and actually be okay with putting yourself first sometimes. Yeah. And the, and the second one is just, it's going to sound funny, but <laughs> um, cultivating your inner Disney princess. <laughs> That's how I see it. It's like when you think of a Disney princess, they're always so kind. They always look so happy no matter what's going on. Like I did a Cinderella video and I really defended her against, you know, like everyone's saying she's a weak person. She's this and that. It's like the women in reality that actually get all of the luxuries of life and live a very feminine, elegant and elevated life are women who are okay to chill a little bit, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you still can be strong, but your inner Disney princess, which is kindness, you know, still um, being happy all the time, friendliness, and not having a, a mean demeanor where you can't smile at people or you can't interact with people. And like you have that bougie, I'm better than you attitude. I don't think it's very feminine. And I think one thing with Disney princesses is that no matter their status, they're a princess, but you'll see them hanging out like um, Snow White with the seven dwarves. And, you know, like they'll hang out with what we would deem in society as lesser than people. And they treat them with respect. They treat them with kindness. And I think feminine women um, get that mistaken a lot where they think, if I'm on a feminine journey, then I'm better than these women that's not. And they're kind of a little, you know, aggressive with them. And even with men as well, um, it's okay to smile back at, like, you still want to stay safe, but it's okay to smile back at someone who smiles at you. It's okay to, you know, cultivate your kindness and things like that. But I feel like once you start, you know, changing your demeanor into more of a happy, friendly, demeanor um it it changes things for you it does and i know i'm saying this it might not be a tip that everyone like you might already be like okay i'm already nice on this but for me and my background i had such a tough demeanor that those are the things that really changed it for me when i just started smiling more yeah like it sounds really, really small, but sometimes you might not even know, especially if you have an RBF, like, um, yes, <laughs> like some, you know, yes, especially yeah. if you have an RBF, um, it can be intimidating. Like I've had even female friends that at first they were like, at first I thought you were so like mean yeah. and I didn't <laughs> approach you. But then when I started smiling more, people tell me that less and less, I still have my guards up and thing. But, you know, it's a small thing that makes a big difference is just smiling and being kind and actually calculating your words to not offend people, especially in this culture and climate we're in where everyone gets easily offended. Yeah. And it's not it's not censorship. It's just being respectful. That's how I see it. So you always just want to calculate your your actions, your smile and things like that to have that aura about you that makes everyone feel welcomed and you know like safe in your presence yeah rbf you guys by the way means resting bitch face and i have a serious <laughs> case of it um but you yeah. know what i think that it's because sometimes i don't i don't think i used to always have 
an RBF. I think it just came mm-hmm. about because mm-hmm. sometimes with these men, you smile at them one time and they think it's like a green light to like do the most. Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily mean with like men, all men, because I am very hyper aware of my surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big on safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know it can be like some men can always take it the wrong way. Right. But I'm, I'm more speaking for I'm not sure which book I read this in, but it was a book explaining um, the guy was explaining how he got attracted to his wife was that every time he saw her with her friends, um, she was always laughing and smiling so much and just having a good time and things like that. Like he was just attracted to how she was with other people in her life. Yeah. Um, I don't mean with like, you know, Oranda, you can you have your intuition. You can know when someone is trying to be flirty with you and if you don't want to receive it by all means whip out your rbf and keep it moving (laughs) straight ahead (laughs) you just gotta know the difference like when it's like i don't want to say danger but when it's unwanted attention Mm -hmm. they can see okay this smile is not for you (laughs) yeah yeah but for everyone else you can kind of you know um show a nicer side especially with your with your girls you know and things like that Yeah. yeah So, what is your stance on hypergamy? Do you think femininity and hypergamy go hand in hand? Yes, it does. Um, I am pro hypergamy. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. One hundred percent. I know a lot too. of. Yeah, I know a lot of my videos do speak on the dark side. Um, my circle now, all the women are hypergamous, and they married wealthy. I'm like the last one to be married. <laughs> <laughs> but my thing is, it's the waiting to make sure i feel like hypergamy should go hand in hand with a high value man right not just hypergamy whoever you know because we see a lot of women like on social media or celebrities that do get with these rich men but they end up you know getting cheated on right beat on and outside babies all of that that i don't think women should go through um just because he has money doesn't mean he's a high value man. That's how right. I see it. Right. But I'm pro uh, a hypergamous man, like I'm mean, a hypergamous woman searching for or waiting to attract a high value man. And I right. feel like um, I get the risk of like being called a little misogynistic when I say this, but I'm a strong believer that men change for who they want to. Mm-hmm. So just a personal experience. I have a really good male friend we all knew that was just very like he was everywhere. Yeah. And he <laughs> had like a new girlfriend every week. Yeah. And he met his new wife, like who I love is like, you know, a sister to me now and just instantly changed. And we when I watch her, she is so feminine, like, um very soft respects him but has such high standards for herself that he had to meet her where she she was she didn't like settle and she was set on being celibate with him and like they married within like a year and a half and i've never seen him that different to want to just be better in every area of his life so i always say i think even if you have some men are just low value and probably will die being a low value man. Like there's nothing <laughs> you know he can do about it. But there are some men, especially rich men, their behavior is the way it is because there's no woman that's literally holding them to task. 
every woman just see the money signs and willing to do whatever that there never there never is a woman that has standards that come into their life like if we look at george clooney who was a playboy for so long mm -hmm. and then you have amal who comes in who has standards already had a life for herself and you know even as he explains it like she made me work for her that's what george clooney stated you know um i feel like why there's so many negative hypergamous cases um, that we can use as examples is because the women go into it just looking at the money, but not really trying to make the man work for it for them. They're not seeing themselves as the prize. They're seeing him as the prize. Right. Um, and I'm telling you, you can be with zero dollars in your bank account and still be the prize. You know, it's yeah. all about your standards for the man. But I, I could go on a rant with this. Yeah, like, no, do it. Do yeah. it. Because <laughs> I think a lot of us need to need to hear it. The harder you have to mm -hmm. try, the more that lowers your value. Exactly. Wow, that is a beautiful quote. Yeah. The harder you try, the more it lowers your value to the man. Like, yeah. I, surprisingly enough, I have quite a few, like, it's only 5%, but I have 5% male viewers. <laughs> But the male viewers do message me as well. And they're usually giving me insight, feedback. And like, I've had a lot of male viewers in my Naomi um, video from Wolf of Wall Street mm -hmm. that yes. did like email me <laughs> and was like, yeah, everything you said in that and they're high value men and they watch um, my channel just to kind of see what it's like to date high value women and you know, things like that. and. They were like, yeah, I'm still not married. I'm talking about millionaires mm -hmm. that I'm still not married because every woman I have encountered already knows my net worth. Yeah. And they like on our first date, they're already cooking me a home cooked meal. Yes. You know, oh my they're already God. they're already ready to like do my laundry for me on the first week of dating yeah. and giving basically the guy um, wife privileges like husband privileges by doing too much basically you're already showing him so the guy's like i wonder if she does this for all rich people um that enters her life and they don't feel special they don't feel like you know they had to work for you they get bored so yeah they'll sleep with you probably for a while a couple months and probably buy you a couple trinkets but then you know move on and yeah. find someone and some guys marry just for the sake of settling down because men go through that fear just like women like they don't want to be like 60 and not married yet so sometimes they'll just settle down with the easiest person they could find and then yeah give you some children um keep you there like a trophy wife that's where we get the term trophy wife right. but don't have no substantial conversations with you or feel connected to you and then they end up having affairs with someone younger down the line mm -hmm. and you're confused but from the horse's mouth you have these men that are saying yes this there's women that do that and i find when women do that it angers them to the sense where they are disrespectful to the women yeah. And it is like a thing where you don't speak to the women like with with any respect because you already know why they're here versus other women that they have to work for. And you see how dramatically the respect changes when it's a woman that, yeah, on our first couple months, I'm not going to cook you a meal until probably 
five, six months in, yeah. you know, where I know we're, we're good and I'm not going to have you come sleep over on the second day that we, you know, started talking. It's just a matter of just standards. That's what makes a difference. That's what makes you stand out because a high value man already have options, but what makes you stand out? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very pro hypergamy too. And mm-hmm. I think that so many women are, I'm sorry, that was my dog. <laughs> you heard that little snore. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think so many women are, they just don't, they don't even know there's a word for it. Cause I didn't know mm-hmm. of the word hypergamy until recently, until I started looking Me either. at femininity, mm-hmm. but I'm like this, who I've always been, like I've always been pro mm-hmm. leveling up in that way, in that kind of sense. And like mm-hmm. being pro taken care of. I mean, who mm-hmm. in their right mind wouldn't be is my, my thing. And I think that that's so, I, like, I don't know anybody who isn't. Yeah, you know, um, even even boss like women want a man at their level or higher. Exactly. Like, no one wants to marry down. No, no, not like. at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, I don't think it's on anyone's checklist, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. you analyzed two of the most, I would say, the most bomb trophy wives in cinema. You mm-hmm. analyzed Elvira from Scarface, yes, and Naomi, mm-hmm, my favorite, yes, mm-hmm. and Naomi from Wolf of Wall Street. So. Mm-hmm. There was a very clear distinction in how you spoke about the two of them. So explain the difference mm-hmm. between the two and why you said Elvira was the much more feminine one. Elvira to me, I know it's a graphic movie, but come on, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she was so classy. Aside from, you know, the drugs. The, the drugs. <laughs> Um, to me, she was a woman just like I described to you earlier that had standards, yeah. you know. She showed Tony that you cannot just pick me up in any car. Like, I know it's a bit much to some women. <laughs> like, oh, came off rude. But listen, you can be rude. I'm going to tell you this. It's a fact that the men that I've been the rudest to, and not rude like I'm disrespecting them, but I've had the most standards to where I'm boldly honest yeah. like about what i want yeah those have been the men that have been the craziest about me yeah and it's just a fact that men love a challenge they love to feel like oh my god yeah she is a lot and she was bold like almost shockingly bold like i'm not getting in your car right and made it clear to tony <laughs> that I, i'm not being with you not because i don't like you like she did like him but she was already accustomed to a certain life and he had to meet her where she's at right um and basically i know he got into drugs and things like that like (laughs) selling and stuff but um taking that drug aspect out of it it's like a man you know overachieving working harder to basically pursue the woman who's attracting him right and no one in cinema has worked harder for a girl because I believe um, the whole movie was about Tony working to get Elvira. And that's why yeah. his disappointment was so great in the end. And even in the scene where they were in the restaurant and he was, you know, calling her out, he couldn't even focus on the business that he was doing with Manolo, just looking at her like it was real hurt. It was yeah. toxic. But it was real hurt yeah. as he was explaining, I can't even have a child with her. Because you can tell that this is a man that actually wanted a child with her. Like, right. he loved her enough. And not one time in the movie did it show him, like, stepping out on her or just giving up on her. You know, it was like, 
his aggression was more like wanting to get her to be this model wife or get off the drugs and things like that in a toxic way. I feel like his communication skills were off and things, <laughs> you know, like, but it wasn't like a love story that we can, you know, dissect, but I'm saying in a real world, I feel he was of high value men. Um, if it was like a real world situation, yeah. minus the drugs, it would have been a high value man that did everything to provide a life for her and then wanted her to be her best self. Even though he was in that world, he wanted to shield her and protect her. He had like the protector, provider, like all of those yeah. traits and the pursuer. He, he was a manly man to me. Right. Versus <laughs> <laughs> you have Wolf of Wasty yeah. and <laughs> he was that. just... He was married and was like, you could just how it started. Naomi to him was just a beautiful woman, you know, yeah. that like a, a car you wanted to obtain like a toy. And once he got her, not even the day before the wedding, um, his bachelor party, uh, he had to take a, a, a shot for to make sure he doesn't have any STDs. That's how many, you know prostitutes yeah <laughs> i think i'm on youtube that's why i'm censoring my words youtube yeah. is always censoring our videos i'm sorry <laughs> but he was sleeping with so many prostitutes just the day before the wedding and you know in the way that he got her and then what naomi took from like she knew in her heart of hearts he was cheating yeah. and still stayed he laid hands on her and she still stayed she only left once you know he was going to prison and I just feel like she didn't have to he didn't have to do much to get her at all like he didn't work for her and you see the difference he just saw her and then she was okay to go on a date with him didn't have no standards right. whatsoever for him just kind of took him you know and met him where he was and so the difference between the two women for me was that although elvira they both were hypergamous the difference was Elvira had standards, like we just said. Yeah. And she made Tony work for it. Like, Tony knew she liked me, but I have to work for it. Yeah. And Naomi just didn't do anything to kind of make him chase her at all. She just yeah. kind of, you know, that was the biggest difference to me. And I just feel there was nothing really. And in Elvira's regal nature, too, like, she spoke her mind. She was a boss to me in the movie yeah but she still had like this um take care of me vulnerability yeah. to her she still was vulnerable she still knew how to you know exercise her femininity to where you, the guys were never offended yeah. never offended by her you know boldness at all that's yeah. true i think that <laughs> The difference is so key. Like, one made them work mm -hmm. for it and elevated the guy in the process, and the other one just yes. did that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's why I tell women, don't underestimate. Even movies, any movie you see will have the same narrative over and over again, subconsciously, without even knowing it, because that's the reality. I'm sure they wasn't thinking about what we're talking about now, like, right. oh, let's make her work for it. Like, it's just the reality. It's just men knew whoever these writers were knew like anytime you have to work that hard um like tony's speech to manolo like if you want to get women you know i'm in his case a high value woman you have to work and get power and get money mm -hmm. like he knew that's a high value man he already know i can't get the type of woman i want like just sitting on my butt right 
you know, and then a low value man would just look for a woman that can provide for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And providing so. just doesn't even have to mean monetarily. It just means yes. staying. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. exactly. When I say providing, a lot of people, like a lot of the women are like, well, my husband's not like a millionaire. Like they think hypergamy is just millionaires. Yeah. Um, it does not mean that, you know, it, it just means someone who you can tell does everything possible to provide for you yeah. what he can. You know, not everybody's um, circumstance will be ideal. But when you have a man that if he has to work two jobs, he does it. He always makes sure there's you have money to put food on the table and things like that and still wants to protect you. And like, go do your hair, go get your hair done. Here's the money, your nails or whatever, things like that. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean a wealthy guy and it doesn't always mean money. Um, it's can the person provide that emotional security for you? Do you feel safe in their presence? Do you feel loved? Do you feel happy? Is he providing a loving home free like an aura that makes you feel like you can exercise your femininity because i feel like women exercise their femininity the best when they're in a very safe space yeah and when they're in a space where they're not doubting or have trust issues or like it's not combative it's hard to be feminine when you're constantly looking over your shoulders with your spouse mm -hmm. if he's going to cheat if like who's that girl like it's hard to exercise that yeah. you, you're not in the most loving space right. when you don't feel secure in your relationship and a lot of men don't want to take accountability for the insecurity that their women have but it sometimes is them not listening to her and um you know working on the things that's making her feel insecure in the relationship because one thing i hate when women do is call other women insecure mm -hmm. for questioning things in their relationship because there are some very confident women in their day-to-day -day life but they are very insecure in their relationship yeah and I don't think an insecure woman who doesn't love herself is always the one that's, you know, tripping. It's some, there are things that your partner could be doing that's just not helping you. That's not helping you to feel safe and that's okay. But if you see they're not listening, they're not respecting how you feel, I always say go where you feel safe and don't be afraid to, you know, cut that loose because... A very secure woman could be brought down to the lowest levels of insecurity just by being in the wrong relationship. Like, it happens all the time. Right. How do you think the femininity in women like Sophia Loren and Marilyn Monroe, who you've, you've done a video on both of these women, how does mm -hmm. that essence of femininity differ in the femininity in our modern day women like Lori Harvey and Rihanna? I feel the difference is not much. It's just um, time. The er the era that's it because I feel Marilyn back then the only difference I would say is women were more mysterious and discreet mm -hmm. um, because these old Hollywood um, starlets that we saw is very feminine behind closed doors Marilyn was you know addicted to pills unfortunately right. dealt with depression she partied a lot. Um, and she did have multiple partners like she wasn't like the traditional feminine woman wouldn't find her feminine at all. But to us, she's a feminine icon still. But the difference was during her time, Marilyn knew how to be discreet 
and mysterious with her behavior. And we all have, like, even me, I still have my bad behavior that I have that I'm working on. We're all a work in progress, okay? And it might take years for us to reach that point where we're, like, the ultimate, you know, feminine woman. But it's a journey. But in the process of you making your mistakes, just don't be so public with them and a lot of people say oh back then in society people always swept things under the rug and they always tried to hide and put up a front you know to to society i think it's not putting up a front it's protecting and preserving your image because that's the best thing you have for yourself is your image and your reputation and especially if you are a businesswoman or you, you know, with a man who has a business, your private life could quickly destroy your um, public image and, you know, take opportunities away from you where people don't want to work with you. And, you know, you miss out on networking and things. I think that's the only difference with like Marilyn, Elizabeth Taylor, Sophia and like a. Uh, Lori Harvey. I wouldn't even use Lori because I feel like she does practice that mystery a little bit. Like she never speaks on rumors about herself. She never addresses them. She's like still low key with her mistakes, you know, if there is any. Like we just speculate. And I like that about her because people speculate about Marilyn, but they never really had concrete evidence until after her passing. I just feel like it's a matter of maintaining your mystery. That's really the only difference because women always made mistakes. Women were always like, you know, sexual beings as well. It's not just a male thing. Uh, It's just women back then knew how to preserve their mystery. And that made them so intriguing because you wanted to know. You wanted to know what they do behind closed doors. But Nowadays, everybody exposes everything about themselves. They have public fights. They publicly break up, yeah. make up, um, publicly switch relationships. And, you know, all these things that just should be personal yeah. is made public to where their value is decreased. You do a global series where you discuss mm-hmm. the femininity of women around the world. Mm-hmm. So what country do you think has the most femininity and the least I'll go with the least first. Unfortunately, I think North Korea has the least. And I haven't done all the countries yet either, so that could change. But you do Thailand. Um, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all on my like I get so many requests. Like it's come to the point. I, I recently did Morocco and I had over two hundred plus emails of people making requests or yeah. talking about it, but um, Thailand is on my list. Okay, it good. is on my list for 2020 because I have a 2020 list, 2021, like, okay. you know, so by the end of the year it will be. Amazing. But my least, um, the least feminine country was North Korea because there's obviously like a lot of oppression. The women are barely allowed to wear makeup or they have specific hairstyles that they have to wear. They can't wear their hair past a certain length. It's just so much mm-hmm. that it's they have to almost sneak to be feminine yeah so it was very um probably one of the hardest toughest countries i've done because i was crying so much (laughs) from the emails i received like from the women that escaped and things it was hard to record that video when i recorded was like two hours long i had to cut it down it was just a mess but the most feminine country um so far that i've done i would say morocco okay um, because the Moroccan, they know they're feminine. 
Yeah. That's the thing with them. When I went on the community tab and had them vote, the women are like, we know we're feminine because like, you know, I, if I suggest a country or um, I put the countries up for them to vote, most people, even if it's their country, they're like, I don't think we're feminine. I don't think that da, 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 da. like they'll always have negatives about their own country. But Morocco, I didn't get not one negative comment and i have a lot of moroccan subscribers probably over like six thousand of them not one of them had anything negative to say about themselves like from a very young age they're like obsessed with their um beauty where they're always doing like mud clay mask and Mm -hmm. you know doing hair treatments they're always like trying to learn how to dance and do things like it's like they it's a country where the women know about femininity and they actually almost make it a requirement to be Moroccan. (laughs) Like you have to have like this feminine energy. But again, that could change because I'm doing Brazil this week and Brazil is pretty like that. I say it's a close tie. Yeah. It's a very close tie. Yeah. And Japanese too. um, I forgot to mention they're a close call as well because um, I did their videos. They had the most beauty secrets out of all the countries oh, yeah. that I've been. Yeah. Like they really care about their hygiene, appearance, hair. Yeah. And the women are so like um, soft and kind and yeah. like soft spoken, you know, like Super. so it's a close call to yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so before we wrap the show, we do a segment mm-hmm. every week. It's mm-hmm. called Weekly Weakness all Mm -hmm. about your favorite thing of the moment so it could be like anything a product a tv show a book anything at Mm -hmm. all what is yours well right now i am obsessed with like vintage clothes (laughs) i know it's weird but like not just any vintage clothes i'm talking about like the frilly with the like do you know the strawberry dress that's been so popular um everywhere oh my goodness it's all over youtube all over social it's the strawberry romantic dress that's like you know with the frills and things like that Mm -hmm. like i've purchased a lot of those type of dresses just to record in but that's been my weakness anytime i see one i'm quickly going to (laughs) go to the link and purchase it like on youtube i could be scrolling and i see one and i'm like where did you get this and i'll automatically go look (laughs) so i said that's my weakness right now (laughs) i'm gonna have to look it up Yes, it's called the strawberry dress. The designer, I can send you a link to the designer too. Like she makes a a lot better dresses than those, but they're so like they're like fairy tale almost looking type of dresses. I know once you wear them, you'll feel like a princess. You know, yeah, very feminine. I've been obsessed with those styles. Like it's just so, you know. Yes, send me the link. I need to check it out. Yes. So please tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Kareen Allude and also on Instagram, Kareen Allude. I have two pages for Instagram now. I have a um, page for my YouTube subscribers just to tap, um, chat with each other. And I post daily like luxury posts and, you know, daily affirmations mm-hmm. at Allude Friendship Circle. But that's all. That's the only places you can find me. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today. This was such a fun conversation. Thank you so much. It was really fun. I was nervous at first, and I relaxed. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. This I can't even tell this was your first podcast. You did so well. Really? Yes. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Bye. 
I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Kareen. If you guys enjoyed this episode or any other previous episodes, go ahead and give me five stars on iTunes. It helps your girl out so, so much, and I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you for coming out and hanging out with me on this Friday, and I will talk to you next week. 